As a business and leadership mentor, wife, and mom, I know that building a legacy business as a high-performing female entrepreneur can be overwhelming when you play many demanding roles in your life. But you know what? It doesn't have to be that way. You can be a powerful, high performer in your career, plus enjoy a fulfilling marriage and be a great mom all at the same time. Join me and my guests every week to get the inside scoop on what it really looks like to build a high growth business while living a life truly aligned with your family and personal values. Hey, Krista, welcome to the show. Hey, Megan, thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Krista and I were just spending about 15 or 20 minutes catching up because we've known each other. We've known each other for a couple of years, right? Yeah, at least. Yeah, I, you know, I, you know, you rub elbows with everybody in this industry online at some time, some point. And then I think we just started chatting with each other. We've done some work together in the past mm-hmm. and have just gotten to know each other over the last couple of years a little bit better. So we were spending some time catching up and it was great to hear some of the things that you were sharing with me about stuff that you're diving into that's new and and some creative places you're allowing yourself to explore. So I have a feeling we will get to talk about some of those things, but if you'll take a moment just to tell us who you are, tell us a little bit about your backstory. How are you even doing what you're doing today? I know you're married, you've got kids. So tell us a little bit about that too, so we can get to know you. Oh, absolutely. Um, You know, as a business and marketing coach, I work with coaches really wanting to leverage speaking to create multiple six-figure, seven-figure coaching businesses. And so we really focus on the speaking as the main lead gen piece and to create consistency. And then we work on the different pillars of, of scaling their business. But, you know, I started and I feel like way back when I started, which was forever ago, looking at the calendar, um, you know, really, I wanted to get into business because one, I wanted the challenge. I wanted the excitement of running my own business, the unending growth curve that comes with the personal development journey along the way. And I wanted to be able to get my kids at the bus stop who they were much younger at the time, you know, so being able to get them was really important to have that time freedom. And, you know, over the course of time, we've really grown and shifted the business, grown and shifted the way we serve clients. You know, as you and I have spoken, especially over the last few years, tons of, you know, creative reset opportunities is the positive way I'm looking at. I used to call it creative destruction. And I was like, no, I want to put a little more positive spin. So creative, you know, reset, but um, really realigning in the last, I would say over the course of the last year, year and a half, and Allowing myself to go slow through this process has been so odd because I don't go slow. And it's been about allowing and, um, you know, and and you and I spoke, I think it was one of the first times when my business had hit seven figures for the first time, you know, and it was like, everything is awesome and everything is not awesome at the same time because everything was burning down. And um, I remember the analogy that you and I were talking of, like literally being in a war zone is how I felt is what we were talking about. And I felt like I was doing the army crawl, like with my elbows, you know, trying to get through the fires is, is what it felt like. And so having lived through that and then now finding new pockets of creative energy on the other side of it. Yeah. Let's go back to that time. So I, you, did you hit your first million in a year? So your first million, like annually in a year, that was 2021, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Cause we connected, we connected in the beginning of 2022. So let's talk about that because you know, a lot of the folks who I work with um, at this point, they're between one and three million. Yeah. And what you just described and and what we talked about even a year and a half ago, I see 
almost the identical thing. And it's like we people are working so hard to get to a million. And then you get there. And I think in the in our minds when we're starting this journey, it's like, you know, a hundred thousand dollars was the first holy grail, and then a million becomes the next. And so in our minds, I think, you know, is it that we think like everything's gonna be so different after we hit a million, or we're gonna have so much more money, or we've made it, or whatever it is. But then you got there and using your words, everything was going so well, but everything was also not going so well. And this, Krista, is common. That's what I want the listeners to hear. Like what you experienced, it's so common. I see it in every single business I'm behind the scenes of. I see the same thing. And I tell my clients, I'm like, I'm never surprised. I am never shocked by what I see. And I certainly don't judge you because I see it everywhere I go and I'm not here to judge you. So just, will you just talk about that in a, just a real honest, vulnerable way about like, why was everything going so well at a million, but at the same time, everything was not going well for you? For me, you know, and I've, I've kind of played with this question and like, what did I do wrong or what was this or that? And it wasn't even so much of, I think, doing things wrong as just fast growth which was awesome and exciting. You know, I didn't really think about how the natural growth curve works in a healthy relationship, meaning, or with your business, that it should go up ideally. And then you plateau to get things figured out. Then you go up, then you plateau to figure things out. I was just all about hyper growth and grow, grow, grow. And I was like, this is so energizing. I was like addicted to the adrenaline of it. Honestly, for me, when, and I'm embarrassed to say this, looking back though, I believe I wanted to hit a million dollars because that was what everybody was doing. Yeah. And it was like, well, that's your mark of of getting, you know, officially making it. Yeah. And then I remember the day that we looked at the numbers or found out exactly, okay, we've, you know, crossed the seven-figure mark. And I looked around my office and I was like, wow, my office looks just like it did when I was six figures. You know, like like realizing my life wasn't automatically different. But to me, some of the things I mean, I had a list because I, I was thinking, oh, you know, this system broke. That team member isn't working out. And I was like, I haven't learned. One of the reasons you and I connected or started working together, too, was I was like, I need to learn leadership. And that was what I woke up like. And I don't know that many people see that. And you had an offer that was for um, helping with leadership. And I was like, I need to buy that. I need to learn leadership. And I thought my um, gift what or my, I was going to find it wrapped up in a bow, you know, take a program with Megan and you learn leadership. I did learn so much about leadership and our work together, but I thought that's how I learned was going to learn about it, which was a big part of it. But I actually was looking at like dismantling all the things that had been built almost out of duct tape energy. Cause we were growing yeah. so fast, just that'll work or hire that person really fast, or don't worry about that. We had all these energy leaks, all these leaks where I would say joy, like all the fun was being leaked out. And so it was like getting to that place of having more leaks than inputs. And we finally just, and it's not that we crashed and burned, but we just started peeling away and said, okay, you know, maybe we look at a smaller team. I didn't even mark it, which is crazy to say for six months. Like, I mean, people might've thought, I I don't know, went to Mars or something, but I just was like, I just had to go in, you know, and, yes. and just be, and, and so it was a combination of, of things, but also just, I remember you at one point said, Krista, your homework is to go out and like plant flowers in your yard. I was, that was just something. thinking of that moment right now. Yes. <laughs> yes. And I was like, okay, thank you for giving me permission. Like, that's what gave me joy. And yeah. I hadn't, I'd neglected that. So 
I don't know if that answers your question, but it really just felt like it wasn't a one thing. It was just, there were little tiny, and this saying the death by a tiny cuts or whatever kind of feels like what was happening, that it was just all these little things that, oh, we can fix it. We can do that. Don't worry about it. And just letting all those things kind of average things go instead of fixing it or doing it the right way. And then got to the the million dollar mark. And it was like, okay, everything's supposed to be perfect was in my brain. And I was like, and it's not, in fact, I don't even have energy to talk to my family at the end of the day, which is the whole reason I started. Yeah. I remember you saying that one time you were like, I just want to have dinner every night with my family and go to my kid's soccer game on a Saturday. Yeah. You said that one day. Yeah. Yeah. And I just wanted to like, look at them and like genuinely have a conversation, not just be like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm saying yes. Or asking the obligatory questions, but like legitimately hear what's happening in their mind or think about what's happening in the mind beyond their words. Yes. And I hadn't been present enough to do that. And that breaks my heart to say that, but I had just gotten to a point where I was like, this is what I have to do. This is what we we get to a million. And then I was like, no. Um, And the other thing, you know, that, that came out of your and my conversations too, was looking at how I had looked at the business to fill my desire and love, like satiate my hunger for growth and learning. And I got to the point where I said, I can get that other places. I can get it with my family on vacations. Like we've taken crazy cool trips and like my business can be running along. It doesn't have to be this ever going mountain that I'm climbing. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, there's not very many people who I listen to. And I, you know, I don't think you're out listening to like a whole lot of people either about business and how to run a business. Once I like find somebody or two people that I really like listening to, I kind of stick to it for quite a while. And I am pretty obsessed with listening to Alex Hermosi and Layla Hermosi right now about all things business. If you're not listening to them, like you'd probably really like them. And I mean, they're younger than you and I, they're, they're married, but they don't have kids. They're like barely 30 years old. They work all the time, but what he talks about in terms of just business principles and business frameworks, I'm all about some stuff he talks about on the life side. I'm just like, I I don't know. I I will not take that piece of advice. But one of the things he was saying in a podcast episode I listened to relatively recently, he was, and he's not the first person I've ever heard say this either. I did not learn this from him, but it was a reminder and and I'm using him as an his he him as an example because they do have a hundred million dollar company, and then if you if you listen to anybody who's at that level and higher in business, they all will say the purpose of your business isn't to fulfill you as a human being. The purpose of your business is to make money and provide value for the exchange of money. Find your fulfillment and your satisfaction from your family, from life, from friends, from travel, from variety in your life. You can find it in so many other categories. And I think that's what a lot of us have done, Krista, myself included, because I resonate with a lot of what you're saying, where it's like, we're trying to get everything we want as a human being, but we're trying to get it from our business, but it can actually fulfill all of that. And then in the meantime, it's like, I wasn't present with my family either. Like I like I should have been, like I really wanted to be for years. And, you know, you talked about, like you said, I didn't market for six months. I did the same thing. I mean, I think in the last couple of years, like so many people have slowed down, dismantled, pivoted, changed. And I'd love to hear from your perspective, like, why do you think that, and I know you can only speak for yourself, but 
so many people are going through what you experienced in the last like two to three years. And it's almost like we we've all been like trained that this is the way it has to be. And this is the kind of business that you have to grow. And then you grow it to a certain point and you're like, wait a minute, this isn't, this isn't what I signed up for. Like, this is not what I wanted. Like, this is actually so far out of alignment at this point. Now I've got to actually figure out what's really going to be in alignment with me. So can you talk, can you unpack kind of that process? Because you are on the other side of it. Like you didn't market, you changed some things around, you got to the other side. Can you talk about how you navigated that? Navigate this, the, um, what I call it, the creative reset. Yes. You mean, what did that look like? It was, I'll just very candidly say it felt painful to me because I wanted, I was like, can't I just hurry up and figure this out? I can do a spreadsheet about it. I should be able to figure it out. You should see how many spreadsheets I did try to do. By the way, that wasn't the answer, but it helped me. I was like, you can figure anything out on a spreadsheet. So, um, but what I did actually put on one spreadsheet was, Really looking at like, who do I love working with? Where do I get joy? What parts of my business are taking away from the joy? You know, and just doing an honest assessment and looking at um, one. And and the other piece that I hadn't looked at, which I know you and I've spoken about too, is the difference in like profit versus, you know, take home huge different or, you know, net whatever. I can't even say the right terms, but um really getting clear on like what makes me feel good and gives our family the abundance that I want. What is that number? And then how do we plan for that versus we got to hit a million to hit, you know, this is what's left over and then we create happiness. So for me, it was, it was not marketing. It was sitting back. It was being wildly uncomfortable and trusting. And I started doing, um, I know again, when you and I were talking, I was like, you know what really, I think I feel so bad about is I helping homeless animals has been so big to me since day one of my business. And I've I shared with you before we jumped on that I had always been saying, and I didn't know how this was going to happen, but I said, as a result of what I'm going to do in the world, animal shelters will be shutting down because we don't need them. I was like, I have no idea how. So I started donating money, different things to different groups. Then in this kind of slowdown period, I allowed myself to start volunteering. I allowed myself to start getting um excited and live more into my passion too over there. And I mean, it was crazy. I would spend like one time I spent the whole day doing that. And I was like, whoa, that's old me would have had a freak out that, you know, you wasted a whole business day. You didn't do like work. And I was like, no, this is like, I got joy. I could have done that for so many hours. So I've started to step into that. And the part that's been one of the parts that's been so uncomfortable is that I don't have a clear exact plan. I don't know exactly where it's going and I don't know the path to monetizing it yet, but I trust it's coming. And so the more work I've done there, um, you know, I've started to see, and at the sake of sounding weird and kind of crazy, cause I wouldn't have believed this, but I've seen miracles happen literally in the work I'm doing. And it's not because of me. I believe it's God working through me. And he's very nicely saying, Krista, pay attention. Mm. Krista, pay attention. I mean, I've had times where I've been in tears crying because of what I've created with or with the this volunteer group and not meaning I created it, but just doing the normal things. And I've 
and I've asked the other volunteers, I'm like, is this normal? And they're like, no, it's never happened like this before. So it's- Can you give us an example of, of one of those miracles? Yes. yes, yes. Well, so I um started volunteering with just, because I was like, I don't really know exactly where to go. So I found this lady, Julie, who of course ends up being the perfect person for me to volunteer with. She's taught me so much, has so many connections in the animal space, but um, we would work on getting animals out of this one particular rescue group. And she would try to get out three, maybe four a week. And a lot of times wouldn't succeed. Not that she wasn't doing lots of work and trying to do it. We just couldn't find the right people. So I said, okay, you know, bringing my marketing hat, I was like, well, we need a new audience. We need a new market. You know, Facebook, everybody's posting about these animals. So I said, well, I've never been on Nextdoor much. Um, and so I said, that's a place I'll start posting. Well, Nextdoor is a whole different wild platform if you have or haven't been on it. So it's an adventure. Um, but I started posting there and we would literally have... 40 people reach out and say they wanted to foster the dogs. I mean, it was like mind blowing and, and like 40 for four dogs. So then we started saying, okay, let's try to get seven dogs out. Let's get eight dogs out. And like, we haven't, and I mean, this makes, will get me emotional too, but we haven't lost an animal since I've started volunteering. And I'm not saying it's because of me again, but just because I believe this is where I'm supposed to be investing my energy and, you know, the kids will even joke and they'll say, are you talking to Julie, your dog friend, you know, or, but we're like, and we're such a great team too. Cause she'll say, well, we need to do this. And I said, okay, we need to make decisions. Like bringing in all the skill sets of a CEO. Yes. And then I've got all these ideas. I'm going to do uh, market research surveys in the, the industry and figure it out. But I know there's ways to make this a profitable venture that I save, you know, tons and tons of animals. I know it's my, my role is not at the ground level I'm at now. Yes. But what I'm learning right now is invaluable for being able to help at whatever level, whatever that opportunity is in the marketplace mm-hmm. to really create this change. And and I feel more confident than ever that that statement I made is totally possible. Yes. So it sounds like finding something that you're passionate about yes. outside the business yes. has given you energy and then in some way, shape, or form, do you find that it is actually fueling the business side of you? Oh, absolutely. It's insane. I mean, and even I thought, well, I haven't worked on my business a whole lot today. You know, I'd have that thought. And then I'd get a referral from a client and I'd have a VIP client that signed up on the spot in that conversation. Not saying I'm not doing anything. I'm not suggesting that. But everything flows more easily where before it was like, Oh, I'm gritting. I have to like work so hard. And it was like, oh, of course that client showed up in this moment when I have the space and it was an easy conversation. It wasn't convincing or anything icky. And then she is a right fit client. So it also gives me more alignment, I believe, in speaking with my clients too Mm -hmm. and having them find their version of this Mm -hmm. and trusting when they're in this energy of everything's working out. Mm Mm-hmm. And like we did a launch this last week for Speak to Profit. And for the first time, I'm not like stressed. Usually it's like, how many clothes? How many people are in the hot list? Blah, blah, blah. Yes, we're doing those pieces, but the stress isn't there. And it's, I know that the right people are coming. I know that we're going to get the right number of income, you know. And then I look at too, is it's not about me being good as a person. Like, I think my business was, if my business was a million dollars, that meant Krista was a really awesome person, was an Mm -hmm. underlying story. So it's now, it's like, it's this cool thing I get to do. I get to help them. We talk about your six-figure impact, which is the impact that's bigger than you that happens when your business is thriving. And it's, 
you know, it's interesting. And I'm realizing in this conversation, Megan, is I always say your business creates the income that allows the impact, which I do believe. But look at how the impact that I'm making is now fueling my business, like reverse of, and maybe that's what happens as your business shifts. There's a lot here that's still being figured out. Yeah, that's so cool. That's so cool. Well, write that down because you may change your, you may change what you even teach inside your own program that you have that awareness right now. That's so cool. So, I mean, again, I think so many people are going to resonate with this and I resonate with this so much as well, because you and I, you and I are also, you know, I don't want to say it like this, but we, you and I have a tendency to be kind of wired. You Mm -hmm. and I are wired in a very similar way in terms of like work or, um, like a type personality, get it done. We like action. We like results. We like success, like blah, blah, blah. And then I also resonate with you with what you just said, you know, if my business is a million dollars, then that means I'm a good person. And I was working, I did a session with someone a few, quite a few months back. She was doing a practice session with me to get certified in whatever modality she was getting certified in. And one of the things that came out of our conversation is I was attaching, I was attaching like my smartness. So, you know, however successful I am in my business, that that's telling me that I am a smart person, right? And she asked me a question. She goes, if you were dumb and we just like took your intelligence out, like it, you're not intelligent anymore and you are just like a dumb person. She said, what would it would that be like for you? And I said, well, I probably have a lot more fun. I'd have like a lot of fun in my life if I was just like a dumb person. And so it was just so fascinating for me to see and, and then to hear you say like, it's, it's indicating to us, like, where are we actually attaching our value and our worth? Yeah. And I think for many of us in business, I mean, we, we did get into business because a certain kind of person is going to make it in business. But I think a lot of us attach our worth and our value to an amount of money in our, in our bank account yes. or a number of clients coming into a program or the success rate of a launch. And when you attach your worth and value to that oh. thing over and over and over and over and over again, that's when, and I did the same thing too, Krista, you know, we've already both said it where you wake up one day and it's like, I have to start dismantling. Yeah. I have to start dismantling and I have to literally, I mean, what you haven't used this word, but what I'm hearing you say and what I'm just recognizing in you, because I know you is it's an identity shift. You've really, yeah. you're shifting your identity and I'm, I'd be really curious to hear, you know, I don't, I don't know. Like, did you just like wake up one day and say, today's the day I'm going to go volunteer and, and, you know, go save animals. And then all of a sudden you're in this like flow state because I'm, I imagine like what was going on in your mind? Like what was the thought process that you've been going through um, that has really carried you from this one state of being that was the past that is no longer into this, like, really, you're in a a newer state of being now. Yes. And thank you for saying that. I hadn't connected it in that way that you put it. And that's, I love all of that. Um, Yeah, I know I'm taking notes as we're talking too. But, um, you know, I remember early this year, it just hit me. And of course, it just hit me. I'm a major processor. So it'd probably been working on in my brain for a while. But the statement that I'm no longer available for worry or stress as it relates to my business. And it just, it didn't feel like a wish it was like a proclamation, like, and those words came out of my mouth and I was like, okay, this is, and I believe part of that was the dismantling. 
it was also me slowing down enough to create the space where I would sit and I'd be like, well, I guess I could flip chart today. Not that I was bored, but it was kind of like, I didn't have all the busy to allow me to hide from myself. So I was, you know, and, and I jokingly say, I guess I could flip chart because that's what my rational brain likes to do. But it was sitting with it. I mean, I've got a list of all my values still listed on my board when I was doing my annual planning, you know, and it was like, those are still there. There's not any numbers. Um, but it's, and I believe too, anchoring into that now that we're talking through this, I think, cause I see that list every day and it's right there and it's got balloons by it, you know, family adventure, growth, fun Fridays off, you know, and like playing with that, but, um, having that be my focus and then creating the space what I noticed was then I started to fill the space. So I was cautious of that with volunteer stuff, with dog stuff. And so I was like, oh, look at me. Am I filling a void to avoid something? So I stopped, you know, I was like, well, alert, alert, quit filling it, do your processing of whatever's here. But then I realized, no, there's a way I can do it without going in, you know, 60 hours a week volunteering or whatever Mm -hmm. in a way that feels good. So I, I just allowed myself to take those baby steps because it felt good. It felt aligned. And then, you know, I I shared with you earlier the statement that I made to a mentor that I'm working with. And I said, I promise I'm I'm not on drugs, but I have to share this with you. And, And I know this person in particular would totally get this. And I said, I've never felt like in flow before. And everything's working out. Like we're able to help these animals. And I mean, yes, there's loads of hard work that we're doing. It's not like I'm eating bonbons, but we're helping animals. I'm bringing in amazing clients that are like soul aligned clients. They're not the complainer clients. We've turned down quite a few clients because they weren't the right fit. Mm-hmm. Being okay with that. And it's that trust. And this is what the mentor kind of asked me too, that I was thinking about that. I finally have stepped into trusting myself that I have been band, you know, over the last 10 years that I've trusted, I can figure this out and I don't have to worry. Like the worry, maybe that's what the identity shift is. Like the worry was driving that old identity. And then now it's like, I'm not available for it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. The way my husband has shared it with me before is, um, it's like the past version of you. Cause he has said this about me from the, in the past, he would always say to me, Megan, you're so, um, motivated by the fear of negative consequences or like trying to avoid a negative consequence from happening, which is similar to what you just said, like is worry driving you because if it is, and I see this with clients too, Krista, who are a million plus, I see it almost more with people who are million plus than I do with, with people who are at like six figures. I don't know if you've experienced. Yes. Well, and as you're saying that, I'm wondering if it's because they're afraid to lose Yes. I've had clients say that I'm afraid to lose it all. Yeah. It's like, I've built this and that's what I think I was wrestling with and unknowingly gave myself permission to do one, not that I would lose it all, but trusting that I wouldn't lose it all. If I slowed down, Mm -hmm. like the story of driving the bus was you got to keep going, keep running, keep spinning, keep duct taping. And it was like, but I can't like, I literally can't. Right. Um, And then being willing to trust it's not all going to go away. The right things are going to stay and it's even going to be better than, than what you can imagine. And I don't have to have the four steps, the five steps, the playbook to get there. It's, it's about like trusting and being willing to, to surrender, which is scary as you know, what to someone who's a spreadsheet planner driven, driven by fear. 
Yeah. So what changes did you make in your actual business? Like, does your business and the way you run your business and execute inside of your business and your programs, like, does that look different today than it did, let's say like the year that you hit a million? Yes. Yes. It looks drastically different. And you know, what's even crazier is our profit is higher. We're bringing in less, but our profit is higher. So we're actually keeping more, which is beautiful. Yes. Um, we dismantled the team for a lot of reasons. Um, and so now I'm actually like, I looked at how do I love working with clients? You know, I have a VIP level where I'm more intimate with clients. And then I have more of a group program because that's, I wanted to be able to serve people, but not be in everybody's details all the time. I give people Voxer access to me, which I had been in the mindset of like, don't do that. You have to have the line of separation. So everybody gets Voxer access. So I am helping, but it's, um, so it's it's less than a million. It's um, higher profit. It's not stressed. I mean, I'm you know running my daughter or son around to the things we're doing this summer. And there's like we did are in the middle of a launch right now through the end of this week. And I mean, it'll probably be and I'm not attached to this, but at least six figure launch mm-hmm. when based on the people that we've talked about. And the cool thing is, it's fewer people at a higher price point. They're also more aligned people. Yes. Rather than any convincing, we don't do convincing. You know, we invite people in, we don't just let anybody sign up. And so I have, and my team was all full time. Now it's part time, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I had the stories that if I ask them to go to part time, they're going to leave me. Both my two rocks have stayed mm-hmm. at part time. So just, you know, half essentially half the pay, half the hours. Mm-hmm. And we get creative and we help out and we, and it's like so much leaner and it's, and I can breathe. I don't have payroll that's, you know, suffocating each month. Yeah. I love, I love this. How do you approach launching differently now than you did before? Because you are someone like one of your, one of your strategies for a long time has been launch cycling over and over and over wow. again. I know from back in the day, like that was a more stressful point for you, but it is for so many people, so many people. Yes. And look, we're not, I'm not going to sit here and villainize launching because launching yeah. is yeah. great. People should be launching in a way that works really well for them. But when you look at your, how do you approach from a mindset and a state of being launching today versus from the past version of you a couple of years ago? The good news is I had a zero person launch um, not too long ago, like zero enrollment. So it's like I've had the the worst situation happen to me and I have proof that I lived through it, yes. you know, which is great for the brain to say, okay, look, nobody died. We met all our obligations. Everything's okay. I would say it's, it is, I mean, because normally I wouldn't do a podcast interview like in the middle of a launch because I'd be harried and crazy. And um it is just knowing, I think it's based on trust that everything, and not just that everything's going to work out, but I'm not, oh, we got to get the ads, this or that. I'm doing a lot more um, joint ventures with, which I think, and maybe this is a big shift too, is just people that I really auto- authentically align with. So they're bringing in, we're sharing it with their audience. It's naturally people that are aligned versus Facebook ads we used to do that was like anybody under the sun who wants to click the link come mm-hmm. into our world. And that brought chaotic energy. Oh, wow. So yeah. that could be, I wonder if that's part of it too, that now we're doing it. 
I mean, we played with a three-day version, a four-day version. This time we actually went back to a seven-day version and then we kept everything open. So we're playing with it, but it's that energy of playing too. And it's like, it's an experiment Mm -hmm. to see what's working best. And then we'll do our debrief the week after and what was great, what was not great. What do we want to do different next time? But it's not that this, I guess, not the energy of this has to work. Like we did that live launch for a long time. It was like, this is the nine-day blah, blah, blah. Weekends always felt like crap for me to do that, but I still did it. Yeah. And now we're like, no, I want weekends off. Our people want weekends off. We don't do more content on weekends. Yeah. So your create- seven day is not does not include Saturday and Sunday. Correct. Yes. Okay. Good for you. Just because we realized, you know, we don't want to work on the weekends. Our people don't want to. It's summer. And honestly, we've given them enough content too. If they want to, they can choose to catch up over the weekend, but we didn't want to make them feel guilty or behind. With if, fresh content on the weekends. Yeah. 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 And then we kept, we've kept the card open. Like we're doing, we're playing with it. So I'll be able to share results, you know, another in a couple of weeks or before that, but we did five days of workshop and then we have the weekend off Monday and Tuesday were bonus mm-hmm. sessions, really, really juicy ones were before we had done ones that maybe because I did them so much, but they didn't feel as juicy. Mm-hmm. Then the replays are available, everything through Friday. Mm-hmm. So it's not as before where it was like everything and you have to work on the weekend and it has to be done by Tuesday. Yeah. It's like, give you space. We're not creating false urgency. We're not in the land of breaking people's necks, talking them yeah. into things, making them stay up till midnight watching. And it's so different and it feels it's an authentic way to market. Yeah, it is. You know, I, I did the nine days as well. And then, um, I don't know how long I did the nine day, like probably a year or a year and a half, and then started switching to more of the model you're talking about. Because yeah. it's like what you find is so many people started not being able to catch everything live, like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and they did need the weekend to catch up. Totally. Yeah. It was so much better for everybody. It does. And it just feels like here's, you know, telling them at the beginning, here's the replay page. We're going to have it available, not making it where the way I was taught it was fear driven, urgency driven. Um, false mm-hmm. kind of uh, urgency type stuff. And so I did it because I was like, this is how it works. This is what you're supposed to. And I was like, what the heck? That's not me. Yeah. That one of the reasons I landed where I landed was because it wasn't an aligned method. Right. Yeah. I hear that. So what, what advice would you give to someone who is, you know, they've grown rapidly. You know what it takes to get to a million. You've been there, done that. But what advice would you get to someone who's close to that or they've already passed a million and they're they really do feel like I don't even have time to be creative anymore. Like I just feel like my energy and my creativity is zapped and I'm not even like I don't even have inspiration about what I want to produce next in the form of content or for my live event or my retreat or calls with my own clients. You've been through that process. What advice would you give that person who's in the middle of it right now? I would say that um, to be kind and gentle to yourself because the doer, the driver in me wanted it to go faster, which didn't happen, you know, didn't work. And I also judged myself at the beginning. Like I remember when you challenged me to go out and plant to my garden, I was like that, I don't have time for that, you know, or that's. And I also, at the same time was like, you know, that's not gonna make a difference. Like was so two stories, but like giving yourself to start with something that feels small, like that's not gonna make a difference. Go plant in your garden. If it's one plant, who cares, you know, but, or 
knock off 30 minutes early and go ride your bike with your kid. Like start with something that feels small, that creates space because I didn't know how to get through or what it looked like to get through. And so creating just super small, like um, almost where it seems too small to matter and to actually plant the plant or ride the bike with your, your family member or, you know, whatever that is, but find a way to create that space because without your brain being able to have even 10 minutes to think, I mean, you're just pouring gas on the fire of that overwhelmed party and nobody wants to be in that overwhelmed party. No, you don't want to be in it. Your family doesn't want to be in it. Your team definitely doesn't want to be in it either. And when you get into that space, it leaks into everybody else's life that's around you. Yes, yes, absolutely. And and it was, again, I, I know I've said this 10 times, but it was so hard for me to sit in being like, what do I want? Yeah. What brings me joy and put it on a spreadsheet if that's what you like or flip chart or doodle on your page, but really look at that and, and realize that you can create your business to be wildly profitable, whatever that looks like and totally aligned and totally energized. Like I'm in a, such a different place. So when you and I spoke, I mean, I know, you know, that Megan from yeah when we were on the call and I think I was in tears and like, <laughs> I'm going through the, the, you know, the, the battlefield right now. And, and I think my thought at the time was I have to get through the battle, but instead what I did is I believe I took a right turn and found a way out of the battlefield. Yes. Like I don't have to keep going this direction. I can choose a different way. Yeah. And you were the answer. Yes. Like you had to lead yourself out of that ultimately. Yes. Yeah. And you helped me see all of that. And so I looked and said, I need leadership help. You know, the Megan had a program for leadership and just, you know, but but it's like, and also looking for and being open to seeing solutions in unexpected places. Yeah. And and then you get to be, which is frustrating to me because I don't want to stop to figure it out, but you get to stop. Yeah. Yeah. I hear often, I am not available to slow down in order to speed up. People say that a lot, but it's like, you know, at the end of the day, it's like your life is kind of on the line. Yeah. And your well-being- really- and your quality of life, it really is on the line. It is. And it's and it's a choice, like being in burnout, being in overwhelm, being in, there's fires everywhere. I didn't realize I was choosing that. Yeah. And when I realized that, I was like, oh, I can, I can get out of the battle. Like, I don't have to keep going through the whole fire. Yeah. I can just choose different. Yeah. That was something that I had just gotten so in the spin cycle. That I didn't realize it was, okay being in this crazy place where my adrenals are on over what load every day. That's a choice. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's a pretty crappy choice. Yeah. For yeah. Me. It takes self-awareness. I mean, you've got to be self-aware. People can say it to us all day long, what they see happening, but until you're available to actually see it for yourself inside yeah. of yourself and recognize like you really are the answer, not much changes. And you've got to realize that all the time, right? Like you've got to be so self-aware at all. all You you said something at the beginning of this conversation about filling the void of time. And you were like, I have this space, but just like going out to do the volunteer work, you had to stop and ask yourself, am I just filling my time with that now to avoid feeling an emotion and vulnerability? And you were alluding to that at that time. Like, I think that a lot of us, when we have a, a tendency to just work, work, work and fill our time up with stuff all the time. What it's doing is it's an, that's an avoidance mechanism and we're avoiding feeling and being vulnerable and being aware of the emotions that we're actually trying to suppress by working so much. That's exactly what's going on. 
Yes. Yeah. Um, and Megan, this, you know, was, it's kind of a, not outside of body experience, but in doing the animal rescue, we also had a really, really terrible thing that I was made aware of. And I won't share the details, but it was like bad on all accounts and it was nobody's fault. It was just, and I dropped my daughter off at swim and I was just kind of thinking about that situation. And I, then after I dropped her off at our swim team, I sat in the car and I had like the ugliest cry I've had in so long. And it was also the most, I realized in that moment, I felt the most alive that I had in such a long time. And I wasn't mad. I wasn't judging anybody. It was just like raw emotion that I was able to process that I believe I hadn't been able to process for a long time because I hadn't created the space. And then this certain event happened that allowed me to have the reason. And I just cried. And then I felt so much better. Of course, it was still a sad situation, but to think you can feel so alive from being, you know, crying your eyes out was just mind blowing to me too. Yeah. Well, you feel alive because you're tapping into your emotions. Yes. Yeah. I get that. And it was like, whoa, that was actually, maybe I need to cry every day. No, but you you know, yeah, but it was just, it was that. And it was, so it was the combination of all these things working at different times and me not having to make it mean something. Mm-hmm. We just okay. This is the process. We take a step and we keep going, and mm-hmm. um, and that feeling really resonates. I see myself, can picture myself in the car, just sitting there, mm-hmm. and someone probably watching would have thought I was crazy, but it was mm-hmm. just exactly what my body needed. Yeah, yeah, exactly what you needed in that moment. I yeah. love it. I love it, Krista. This has been one of my most favorite conversations I think I've ever had on this show, just because it's just so honest and real and and vulnerable. And, and I just love sharing the truth about navigating normalcy. Like this stuff is just, it's normal. This stuff is what happens in life and it's what happens in business. And, and we don't always, none of us have any, all the answers at all times, right? Like we just don't like some things work and some things don't. And we learn from it. I mean, I love that you shared that you had a launch recently and nobody purchased. I've had those as well. And it it doesn't mean anything about us as a human being. And I think that's where we really beat ourselves up in business. So I just love what you shared so openly and honestly. Um, If people want to connect with you, follow you, learn more about your offers and programs and ways that they could get support from you. I know you do VIP days, you work with people one-on-one, take a couple of minutes just to share who you work with and how they can get in touch with you and what you do with them. Absolutely. And thank you for the opportunity. You know, our website, makeyourmark.com. And we have a a guide that's about speaking. You know, if that's what you're called to do, you can go to makeyourmark.com forward slash leverage. And it it talks about the different pieces of that you want to have together and mapped out. But really what I would say is if you're listening to this and you're feeling inspired on the website, there's an easy way to apply for a conversation. And I have brought on several kick butt, like multiple six-figure clients that they're, I mean, is where they are in their coaching business. And I'm realizing more and more that's my ideal person because they're willing to trust, they're willing to go. And when we do the deep work, you know, and they have the fears of what if I get too big and I can just share my own experience and growth there. And so if you're inspired in any way, I think the best thing would be to just set up, you know, request a conversation. And if you put, um, I heard you on Megan's podcast, I'll make sure to get you on my calendar instead of one of the members of the team, just as a special way to to connect directly with, with your people too. Awesome. Love that, Krista. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. I'm, I'm so glad we reconnected to have this conversation at this time. 
Like this was just really good timing, especially with our experience with each other in the past. So thank you so much for being here and just sharing and, and being on your journey. Oh, thank you. And and I appreciate you so much, Megan, as a person and someone that I admire and as a friend as well. So I appreciate the opportunity and I always think it all works out in the right timing. And um, I really enjoyed today. Awesome. Love it. Love it. And listeners, if you loved today's episode, be sure to leave us a review and let us know what you loved and share this out with anyone else who you believe can greatly benefit from it. Until next time, remember to design a business and life that is built to last. Thank you so much for tuning into the Built to Last show. If you're loving the show and have gotten any value out of it for your business and life, would you mind doing two things? Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review. Our listener reviews helps us get more visibility and reach more people just like you. Help us make a difference for more entrepreneurs by helping them grow their businesses in a way that aligns with their life, family, and core values. Thank you so much for being part of our community and tuning into the show each week.